0: This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. I think Aaron and I sometimes take for granted how much a gift it is to have a close friendship with another eight. We've spoken to so many of you who can't identify a single other eight in your lives. As you know, I had an eight mom. The cousin I was closest with was yet another eight. And then I always had Aaron, so. I have been well supplied with people who I knew understood me, who I could count on to be extremely honest, who would never be overwhelmed by my energy, and who really valued the things I had to offer without making any weird assumptions. This interview is between me and Thomas. You've heard from him before. He shares my same tri-type, and he's become a little brother to me over the past few years, so it was really easy for us to just hop on the phone and have a conversation and record it. I think that's what I wanted to tell you since Erin and I began this podcast, I now count a handful of you, some of my best friends in the entire world. I now have a handful of eights who I who I turn to first when I have something really big to share, something I have to work out, or honestly just something I have to dump somewhere and hear a, I get it, I get it, I love you. So thank you, all of you, for helping this become what we hoped it would be, a space that can actually hold us That can actually make room for estates. Hello? You weren't in love with a lady last time I talked to you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I have fallen hard.
0: As you do. As we do exactly we do (laughs) yeah does she have that kind of fire and water compliment to you
1: yeah because i'll talk about some things and she's like yeah i'm not sure i totally agree with that but i appreciate your passion on it or whatever um so it depends on what what we're talking about at the time sometimes she's got a little bit of fuego but not quite the way that i do
0: oh i love it thomas i'm so happy Mm. for you i really am
1: i'm very very excited
0: Thomas is back. We interviewed Thomas for our tri-type interview, um, 874, my tri-type, my tri-type twin with, you know, the differences that happen because humans are not all alike, but um, he's like my little bro. And um, I think we're a good example of why eights offer eights, things that, you know, other types can't. How would you sum it up, Thomas?
1: I mean, it's like Iron Trap and Zion, Obviously, we have a tendency to be able to like engage in conversations that most of society probably wouldn't.
0: Amen. Um, <laughs>
1: and in a way that like some people would maybe find as like a little bit intense. Yeah. Um, you and I both get pretty passionate about stuff pretty quickly, and yeah. some people get really overwhelmed by that. But you know, mm-hmm. when we say things matter-of-factly with a little bit of intensity to it, we're not being. We we know that we're not being aggressive. We're just like. <laughs> this is the way
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely and also like we're able to wade through a lot of dark material with Mm -hmm. a kind of like buoyancy that most people would be like fetal position on the floor Mm -hmm. you know I can't talk about the things you and I talk about with almost anyone because they would either have nightmares or (laughs) just be way too sensitive
1: They yeah they'd start being like you're crazy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure nobody has space for that (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, and I have all the space for all of it. But yeah, there's other eights that I know, too, that sometimes it's just like, um, it's kind of nice, like seeing somebody that you kind of like, you kind of know what's going on behind the surface, because there's some people like I I worked for a guy that I looked up to for several years, and then I worked up worked for him. And when I did, I was able to sort of like see through the veil, that capability to be able to see like some of those like powerhouses that are like, quote unquote, doing it when it comes to the American dream. You can kind of see why they're doing it and where the flaws are and where the like where the issues are. I mean, there's like dynamics where it's just like, wow, you are really putting that on the back burner. Something I think is highly important. But because you're leaning into your eightness so much and you haven't learned how to heal, it's like, dang. It makes me go like, wow, I don't actually want that life. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, there's there's that benefit sometimes to be able to watch how other people and, and know what's going on behind the veil. Because, like, I mean, I'm a very self-aware 8. I know you are, too. So, being able to look at, like, scenarios and be like, oh, you're acting that way because of this. And that's maybe not the best way to do it, even though I know why we learned how to do it that way. Uh, maybe we should start learning how to go past that. <laughs>
0: Well, question, have you ever addressed that with some of these other eights and how have they received it?
1: The guy that taught me the Olympic lifts, he was, he was a very, um, I think self-preservation eight. And he was not a healthy dude in his his approach to things. He was always talking himself up. And yes. anybody yes. That, that seemed like a threat, he would just like come down with the hammer hard. And I was like, you know, Rocky, you're a funny guy. But uh, <laughs> I would never uh, want to cross swords with you because it'd just be annoying to have to, to oh, yes. deal with.
0: Oh, yeah. I was going to say I have a very clear delineation of the eights. And the bad half. Okay, I'm going to reword that. The half that stands in stark contrast to you, Aaron, a lot of our our healthier eights, Uh is they hold their power, just like we all do, but there is no give. There's no give at all. So it's Mm. holding all the power, and you're very aware that they're standing there, you're trying to offer them something life-giving. It's not like you're not seeing the truth, so you're offering it to them. And they're looking at you with kind of... Yeah, that lion-like, yeah. impassive stare, and it's not going anywhere. My hardest eight that I can think of was able to identify that he found me to be one of the most compassionate people he's ever met, because mm-hmm. most people treat him actually like a monster yeah this is familiar i didn't do that with him because i understood him and he was able to identify that so then when i mistook that you know for the beginning of a relationship where i could speak into him i realized oh crossed a line (laughs) because it was an instant wall it was a wall yeah so i find sixes slash back and eight won't it's just a wall
1: (laughs) that makes sense yeah well i i guess it depends sometimes too because i know some Sometimes it's like, oh, you've offended me. I'm going to bring down the hammer. But yeah, I think you're right. There's a, there is a bit of a wall. I think it takes a lot of tact. and It takes a lot of, like, you almost have to ask questions in a way that, that makes them think that you're not being, like...
0: Oh, you bet. Yeah. yeah like you they, bet.
1: They, they have to think that you're not really putting up a sword to their throat, you know? They, yeah. they have to think that you're just asking questions and being disarming.
0: Totally. Although, to be fair, I literally said, hey, how are you? <laughs> wow (laughs) but it was on a day where i knew he was not okay right so even that question at the wrong moment was not okay (laughs) because he knew i knew he wasn't okay so (sighs) anyway so that is the one side but then with you and aaron i find i don't have anyone else in life where it is so easy to say no i don't think so I don't Mm -hmm. think so. And then to have myself, you know, present my opinion and to have it like received as, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I just, you know, I don't see it that way. And it's just so easy to disagree with a healthy eight. I find disagreeing with a healthy eight is my favorite person to disagree with. Yeah. You and I do it all the time. Like, we just don't quite see it the same way. But I Uh don't
1: know. Yeah. It's like, hey, I get where you're coming from, but also, have you thought about this? Totally. And that's the thing about us being able to challenge each other is kind of nice because I've had relationships in the past specifically with, I think I'm pretty sure they were sixes where it was okay. like, why do you got to challenge everything all the time? Yeah. And I'm like, well, cause I want you to be better. But like when it comes to you or other, you know, ACE that are healthier, uh, when you kind of can challenge their thought process on things, it's, mm-hmm. it's nice because, you know not only do we feel respected that you're willing to uh, say something but also like when it's on a healthier spectrum there's not a lot of like anger or yeah. bitterness for like challenging and it's the it's the respect of like oh you care enough to say something let's actually have a uh, conversation rather than You know, a a stark opposition.
0: Totally. I mean, it it just makes sense. A basic fundamental eight thing is we really want to feel like there's space for us Mm -hmm. and we want to feel respect. And so if another eight who is healthy is in friendship with another eight who's healthy, all those things are in place. And so it's just such a natural sparring ring. You know what I mean? Where it's just so, it's like sparring with huge oversized foam (laughs) gloves. Like it's just (laughs) fun. Nobody's getting hurt, but you love the physicality and like, you know, the push. I didn't know what I didn't know before meeting all of you, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's been so good. And it's hard now because nothing quite, no one else is quite that easy to, to have these exchanges with by comparison, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kind of sad
1: <laughs> for sure, yeah. Even uh, even Emma, my girlfriend, she all get really passionate about stuff. And she's told me before because she's a two, she's told me before that she uh has to remind herself that like I'm getting passionate, not because I'm mad at her, but just because I'm like whatever, especially when it comes to like the conspiratorial stuff. Oh, that yeah. I just go, I oh, just yeah. end up going on a bit of a rant. And she's <laughs> like, I have to remind myself that you're not mad at me, but you're just <laughs> mad at what's going on in the world. <laughs>
0: Totally. That's right. You are totally fitting the statistics, marrying another two, you know.
1: I know. I know. I, yep. (laughs) And she's really healthy. Otherwise, it would have been really hard,
0: I think. Of course. Of course. Yes. Uh, Likewise, in her opinion, an unhealthy eight would not be her top choice. No Uh, doubt. No.
1: no. Uh, (laughs) She's talked about the eight stuff before. She actually has told me that I'm the only eight she's ever met that isn't aggressive in Uh unnecessary ways.
0: Okay, well, that's awesome. That's a good foundation. Okay, so another thing that we wanted to touch base on is just how you and I are with every year that goes by identifying less and less and less with the The eight stereotypes. So why don't we just kind of like start to pick apart some of the key things that maybe we used to identify with that we don't anymore. So why don't you take the lead on that?
1: Immediately, like the first thing that comes to mind is that when I was younger, I felt like I had to prove a point all the time, like specifically, the way that would prove out was with uh, in the small group that I used to be in the young adult small group, but there was a point where I went from feeling like I had to respond to everything with like the caveat or the other part of the information or whatever. Like, and I realized now a lot of times it was me trying to prove that I knew stuff because a lot of times it was useless information to the conversation. (laughs) At some point I got to a point where I realized this is a neat tidbit, but I don't have to put my two cents in on this. And that was like one of the first times when I realized I was really maturing. Um, And that was like, several years ago before I even knew anything about the Enneagram. But I think that's one of the things is like feeling like I need to present myself in the room Mm -hmm. a certain way. Like I already naturally just fill a room a little bit, but I don't feel like I need to prove myself in any real way anymore. Like I don't need to vindicate myself most of the time. Like I still get spouts of anger when I'm misunderstood or misrepresented or whatever, but I don't, I no longer like feel the need to just attack back or vindicate myself or even just like prove that I know things in the room most of the time. Mm -hmm. There's opportunity sometimes where I could maybe try to show that I am like of the caliber of some of the best people in the room, but I don't feel the need to anymore, if right. that makes sense.
0: I wrote down like the counterpart to that. You're leading with thinking, which is as expected because your seven is after your eight. Mm. I would word it this way I would say, I. Used to want to make sure that I was seen in the room. And by that, I mean like my heart, myself. Mm. And if I didn't feel like I was seen, I might interject or push or try and find a way to, especially if I knew somebody was misunderstanding or glossing over some mm. aspect that I thought was important. I would make sure to shoulder my way forward in some way, mm-hmm. to make sure that I left my stamp on the room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's quite four. That would be my four leading. I I don't care about information. That doesn't, I don't give a shite about injecting information. It's, I want to inject my imprint of who I am into space. And now I absolutely have no drive for that anymore because I Mm -hmm. feel so very seen. Right. So I just, at this point, I'm seen by the one that matters and I don't need to be seen. By people. That's a very huge shift. But I I imagine it's partly also that I have now been truly seen by a larger and larger community of friends, in part because of this community. Yeah. And so when you are held and seen by like more and more people, you're not hungry for it the same way. It's like you're all full up
1: that healed to be honest i think i think it comes down to a bit of a, about of just healing but i think it's also like realizing your identity one thing that i wrote down when you asked me about this uh, earlier was uh, about identity and how we tend to make eightness our identity I think regardless of where you stand as far as faith aspects go I think identity is a big thing I think it's huge and the more that you realize that you're more than your identity as an eight right like I don't even think of myself as an eight half the time anymore anyway because I just I don't respond to people the way an eight would most of the time anymore anyway now I still lean into it obviously like and we're still flawed people but more often than not I'm like man you can grow past that and I, I think you quoted this at some point. I don't remember who you quoted when you said it, but basically you said something to the effect of the Enneagram is nine ways in which we cope with the world and nine ways in which we heal. And I've realized since then that to become a much more whole person is to sort of grow out of your eightness in some aspects, you know, like we can still lean into a lot of it because it's still necessary, but in the same way that it's necessary, it's still very possible to even lean into the five, but not in an unhealthy way. Like I lean into the five all the time where it's like, I have the ability to tap into like my thinking very deeply and to really suss stuff out is it natural for me to go okay I'm going to learn all this information so I can you know have my receipts when necessary no but because I can tap into that I can do that in the same way I can be a lot more two-ish or I can be become a lot more like aware of what's going on in the room or or utilize I don't know just different aspects of my personality that I wouldn't have if I wasn't healed or really solid in my identity beyond being an eight that right. makes sense
0: Yeah, so the way Erin and I have come to understand it more and more is, as a system, a lot of people reject it because it's so negative, at least initially, because you're identifying people based on their wounding. You're identifying the way they self-protect themselves. That's how you figure out the number. And so you're not wrong. The goal is to be healed, and therefore you become less identifiable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, but this is where I disagree with you. He made us on purpose with the best aspects, the healed aspects that -hmm. are fundamentally attributed to that archetype. I do believe in archetype. I believe we have every reason to actually believe in it. And so what Aaron and I have really kind of embraced, especially as we've befriended and gotten to know so many healthy, healthy eights is that as much as we used to be able to pick each other out by our, issues by Mm. our gut reactivity to things that made us want to self-protect we now are starting to walk around the world identifying other eights based on their big open hearts and by the way that people seem to shelter right up against them and the way they seem to like be able to um, posture themselves as like you know a rock that shelters people no yeah that makes sense Do you know what I mean? So we aren't supposed to grow out of that. Right, (laughs) right. Basically what happens is we're no longer eclipsed. Like the best parts of us aren't eclipsed anymore by how loud and ugly and brutal the wounding is
1: that actually makes a lot more sense that's a better way to say that for sure
0: that's how i see so many of you now is i see your massive powerful hearts i guess is what i see now it's what i sense Mm -hmm. like i can actually feel it when i'm walking around in the world i know how to spot it and it's my opportunity to say thank you god for making a bunch of us like i see what we're made for i see the roles mm-hmm. we play i see people kind of flock to us for different reasons and i and that's on purpose you know yeah
1: that makes sense i guess when i think about like my eightness i usually think of like the more negative qualities of like of course feeding.
0: that's enneagram. Yeah. that's the yeah. problem right that's where aaron and i pushed back every step of the way on that stuff because yeah yeah, yeah. It was helpful, I guess, initially to spot yourself. It really was because it's pretty telltale. But then it like gets old real quick because you're like, this is not who I am. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So that was our whole point. How are you with crying?
1: <laughs> um, if I can get their physic, I do. Um,
0: and-, and is that something that also increased as you healed?
1: Maybe. I think so. The thing is, is like... I don't usually have a lot of things hit me hard enough to make me cry that often. I will actually, there were a couple of times in the last like several months where just something would like make me tear up and like even lose a tear. Because like used to, I'd maybe tear up, but like it I wouldn't, like my body would literally stop me from from releasing those tears. But yeah. there have been times in the last year where I've like, come to tears and then they actually escape a few of them. So, uh, and not to mention, you know, I had a friend die this year that I like legitimately at one point bawled my eyes out, you know? So like those things would get me there, but there's even softer things that are starting to, uh, starting to hit me in a way that allow me to actually release some tears. And, I think it probably does have to do with a little bit of healing and a little bit of just I don't know exactly because I felt like I was fairly healed and I couldn't cry but then all of a sudden I'm like so I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, I, the reason I was asking is because obviously I've mentioned this before I've very much increased my crying quota but mm-hmm. it's not for things that other people seem to cry about. It's for things that touch that heart of mine um and so they tend to be they tend to be weirdly joyful things (laughs) you know like or um, moments of victory for someone or if you were to define crying in the dictionary people would say when you're sad (laughs) but that's just not the reason why oh yeah
1: mine the last several months was more of like oh, wow, that touched my heart. Like you you touched a place in me that like was super potent.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that is in line with everything I've been saying so far, which Mm. is that we really are identifiable on the positive side by our hearts. Mm. And so by definition, if you've healed up and your heart is more exposed and less fortified, you're going to cry more Mm. as an eight. So I'm like going to be pretty firm on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. And we've had, um, you know, we've had other accounts come at us and saying, you're not eights. If you even like mention
1: or whatever. For sure. I remember one time I said something about on just some random Instagram post that I wear headphones in public places because I'm like, I think at the time I was like, yeah, because I'm cocky enough to think that I can handle any situation. So I don't need to be like so aware all the time. And they were like, you're not a real eight. then I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) I was like, believe it or not, some of us are really cocky enough to not like, but not only that, but like, and as time's gone by, like I'm, I'm healed enough that I don't feel the need to like suss everything out all the time. Plus, again, back to the faith thing. I genuinely just believe that things are going to work out how they're going to work out. Yes. And I do not need to worry about things all the time because that's really all that is. That's worrying. And we're supposed to be eight big, scary, like powerful uh, people. Why are we afraid of the room that we're in? Like, it's just sort of silly.
0: <laughs> I agree. No, there's a lot of um dumb info and assumptions mm-hmm. going on out there. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and then I get it to you. Sometimes it's eights that genuinely don't realize that you can grow beyond the thing. You know, um, or so they just they genuinely like,
0: they like it. I mean, is you know how it is. Like the reality is, um, when I first took the test, I really liked the picture they painted mm-hmm. of an eight. I well, really thought. Yeah, I thought it was really badass. And of course, I I kind of liked it. And so, okay. you know, um, every now and then a social eight with two, like Erin um, initially, like did not enjoy the description because her yes. social side was not loving the badassery. But most yes. of us, like two thirds of us, we really like the description because mm-hmm. we for all of our young life survived based on the badass qualities mm-hmm. and it it kept us from falling apart from the pain of all the stuff and so i just no longer think those quality those qualities now make me feel gross a little bit i'm over it i'm over my own badassery like i'm done with that
1: yeah i don't i don't need it but it was comfortable at one point it was comfortable so comfy. It was, and that's the thing is like to grow is to be uncomfortable and so you have to get out of that a little bit but i agree there is a little bit of me that's still like yeah, I'm a hot shot a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> There's always going to be some of that. And there's always going to be some sort of confidence in like knowing who I am, what I can handle all those things. But at the same time, like I no longer need to lean into, it. I no longer need to prove to the room that I'm like, whatever. I love being that guy. Sometimes it's like, I'll lift the heavy things just to prove that I can do it. But like more often than not, I do not need to like prove to the room that I'm the biggest personality or the like strongest, like care, like uh, emotional character or whatever, you know, like. That's right.
0: Yeah. I think you're identifying something important. um, And that is that essentially as an archetype, we are strong. That's Mm -hmm. just a fact. That's, that's how we were built. We are the warrior archetype. That's just the way it is. The difference between unhealth and health is being like a wounded warrior who swaggers around trying to throw his weight around to prove that he is the top warrior. I feel like now that we have gotten healthier, we really love the idea of being of service to everyone around us with our strength. It's like, um, it's something that we know we have and it's not for us. Our identity isn't found in being stronger than the next warrior next to us. We're Mm -hmm. just honored to have the strength to be able to help. And that's just a very different posture in both postures. You're just as strong. You know, it's like that hasn't changed. You're strong in both. You're just holding it differently. You're, you know, swaggering around with it or you're just holding it. You know, it's true. There is the confidence that comes with that. And you're looking around going, where can I spend it? Yeah, You know, it's not spent on yourself and your ego. It's spent on other people a key thing for me was redefining the whole concept of strength. Absolutely. Like starting to realize that, for example, some of the nines in my life, I've now identified as stronger than me in very key aspects. Mm-hmm. There is like a wild integrity and a sense of inner alignment that I had no idea was there because they hide it it's not as external. And yet mm. I find them to actually, I've identified some of these people as stronger than me in many ways, by a different definition, I suppose, you know, Yeah, yeah. that I think has been pretty key. I don't know if you've found that too.
1: Well, I mean, my brother's a nine and he's, he's pretty much that. Yeah. I can see that for sure.
0: Yeah. Cause like we're weirdly changeable and I don't mean that in a three way, it's not chameleon. It just is that we're so able to pivot and uh, we're happy to. Finish. Oh, yeah. We're different. We're strong in each moment we stand in, but we keep shifting moments. <laughs> yeah, Whereas, we're highly,
1: we are you know I mean? highly adaptable.
0: Totally. That's awesome, but it's, it's different. And a lot of people are looking for consistent, stable, springboard strength. And that's how I see nines. They just stay. They just stay. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so different. Yeah. Any other key things?
1: <laughs> it's kind of nice being where I'm at now. I don't get super angry or frustrated the way that I used to, mm, um yeah. unless I'm under the hood of a car. <laughs> right. Right. But um no, I I genuinely like I do still have my little bursts of like anger when I'm working on something and it's just like not going right, but like for the most part I am almost never angry anymore. And I grew up very very angry to the point where the first time i moved out of my parents house my brother was like why don't you move out already (laughs) i used to be so like angry and leaned into my depression and like felt like the world was at odds with me or whatever like i had to overcome everything and now i'm just in such a peaceful state of mind that i'm just like man what happens happens i am gonna figure it out i can figure it like god's got me but also like i've gotten through so many different ridiculous circumstances that you know took a leap of faith to get there and then it's like oh i need another leap of faith to get me across the finish line because i don't know how this is going to work all i work out and then i pivot and i do what i need to do and it's fine and i'm at a point now where yeah, i genuinely do not get that deep-seated anger in me hardly at all anymore yeah. and it's
0: beautiful oh i know it's so toxic yeah, I would never have identified myself as angry in the first place. That was one, one of the things I struggled with uh, initially, with the uh, mm-hmm. literature, except I absolutely am reactive, right? It's offense. I'm offendable, I suppose. Yeah. And I hate to even say it out loud, but that, that's just what it is. And uh, that's something that I'm finally, finally able to say is being overcome in large part because it's being replaced by laughter and joy. I think... Mm-hmm being offendable is taking yourself way too seriously. Basically. Oh, for sure.
1: Right. Oh, that's exactly, that's the language that I would use a lot. Yeah. Because I used to take myself so seriously, Yeah. like exactly like what I needed to do and what I needed to become and how I needed to go about my life. Now I'm like, no, I have some things that I'd like to do and I'm just going to live and yeah. I'm going to enjoy my life and do that and not take myself so dang seriously.
0: Yeah. just like, laugh at yourself instead (laughs) and just enjoy life. Like it's not that serious. No, if I feel, if I feel a sting, you know, from something coming my way from somebody else, I just find that to just laugh it off and be like, even if they're right, mm-hmm. I'm a dork. I don't care nearly the way I did. And mm-hmm. again, it comes with starting to realize how loved you are. Like once you realize how loved and how seen, it's easier to just laugh off those moments where you yeah. kind of forget for just a second. Ugh. Anyway. Definitely.
1: And at this point, I get, if I do get like really upset about something, it's usually like a righteous anger on some thing that should be handled better in the world or something. You know, sure. Know, like- it's
0: less about you and more about um, Mm -hmm. someone else being hurt and wounded and imprisoned etc yeah totally i agree uh there's a place for that (laughs)
1: exactly yeah and that's that's one of those things that i think you're right where we need to like still lean into but it's just the how
0: the only other thing i really identified personally is i found a lot of identity in making stuff happen And being Mm -hmm. used and being useful. And so I would scan my life in every quiet moment, going like, who do I need to talk to? And who do I need to check in with? And what could I be doing to, uh, you know, volunteer for the community, whatever? It was always, there was a push to do something to be helpful Mm -hmm. or useful that has evaporated. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason it's evaporated is I realized that if I just stayed still, If I stayed still as my own self, my own open-hearted self, people came to me. My time is now so full of opportunities and people who've come to me without my pushing that I am full up. I'm all filled up. And I find that um, what that did is it took away all the different hurts that would come from me accidentally pushing on someone that didn't want to be pushed on. Yeah. Because they're the ones coming to me. (laughs) So that, that just gets removed from the equation, you know, and I'm feeling deeply useful and even seen because they came to me. That's totally shifted for me.
1: I recognize that I was always finding myself being helpful. And one of the things that actually changed my life was when I stepped out of ministry for as long as I did. I remember the youth pastor I had worked with for a while. He told me, he goes, you're an asset in everything you put your hands to, but the problem is you're always looking beyond it. And that's what that changed my like tra- trajectory in a lot of ways. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. But I realized like I would do that. I would become an asset to anything. Like I would unintentionally become like really close with what, whoever was leading the thing that I was involved in and then position myself in a, in a place where I was like sort of helping them lead the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, at some point, I got to a point where I just don't really do that. Any- like, I still unintentionally get in those positions, but I'm not like intentionally doing it anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I used to sort of move towards it with intention okay. and now it's just like oh I mean I'm here but it's not like I feel like I need to and I'm not trying to make them depend on me the way I used to and in, in certain ways or whatever
0: I was just talking with them um, with Aiden tonight because he's part of a group and was asked to step into the co-leadership and I just looked at him I'm like you and I we don't ask for it and yet it arrives yeah <laughs> you know um yeah. and there is there is something true about that It does seem to find us, but I think I'd agree with you that I really enjoyed being the second in command. It is something that feels really natural and comfortable.
1: There's somebody that was talking about, you know, like our culture likes their binaries, but they'll kind of go like, oh, there's alphas and there's betas. But really, like when I break it down, I'm like, no, there's the alpha, then there's the bravo, then there's the Charlie, the delta, and then you got the gammas and that's the equivalent of a beta. But anyway, (laughs) I actually prefer the position of the bravo, like the second, Yeah, like I can be the alpha in the room. And if I need to be the alpha in the room, then I absolutely will be the alpha in the room. Right. But. I actually prefer to not have that responsibility and to not have that big weight on me. That's just maybe part of our personality disposition, but I agree. I'm actually very much a secondary person. I don't want necessarily to lead all the time, but I can handle the leading when necessary. Right.
0: I like you. I would say that I now find myself very much just like one of the group. And I find that I'm studying everyone in the room now. I didn't used to, I would feel an overwhelming sense of protectiveness for the leader in every situation I was in. And that's why I ended up the second in command because I would just naturally go to protect them or naturally go to support them. It's just like the way we're built because they're Mm -hmm. the ones under fire. Right. So we naturally become a shield. It's just what we do. But I, I have shifted my attention towards every human in any room. And that's very, mm-hmm. very different than I used to be. And now my heart is genuinely just, I'm holding everybody. And I—and yeah. so it means that I'm able to float more yeah. as needed. And I just never, ever would have predicted that that's something that I could have ad- towards, but here I am.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I've never really considered this, whole thing but as you're talking about it i'm like yeah that's actually exactly how i am now versus how i used to be
0: yeah and it just means that we're legitimately um becoming available to more people and that's so stunning yeah because we have the energy for it and we have the Mm. we have the build and the makeup for it and that's what we should be anyway i freaking love that (laughs) yeah it's good yeah anyway thank you bud is there anything like if you were talking to all of our eights how would you want to close it out
1: I'd really lean into the healing thinking back on like parent parental things like what happened when you're a kid like I know the story of my parents I know what happened when I was conceived and when I was born like I know what was going on in their lives and so I can recognize like oh this is how this happened and I got to the point where I actually had a conversation with them at one point I was like hey you know that whole because I said thing that you guys always did. Yeah. I felt super like not respected and like, you couldn't be respected because of it. And that's probably why we butt head so much. And you know, like there was that. And then like, there was some reconciliation there, but like recognizing a lot of those, why am I the way I am? Like, and then healing from them, like, I did a lot of my work myself, so I know that we can do it ourselves. But, you know, some people, I'm not going to say that therapy isn't a good thing. Like, obviously, it is a very good thing. So, like, whether you can do it yourself honestly, genuinely, and humbly – look at yourself and be self-aware enough to be like, this is where I suck and I need to be better about it. And why am I this way? If you can do it yourself, great. If you can't, I even have friends that I can bounce stuff off of. Like, you know, Katie, I used to bounce stuff off of her so much more often. I mean, she's a four, but she's also a therapist. But, you know, she, I would just like talk to her and be like, yo, this is like, what's going on in my life. And she'd be like, yeah, well, what do you think about, you know, and would help me just process it. But regardless of how you do it, it is so worth it. And to get to a point where you don't feel like you have to identify with like, Oh, I do this because I'm an eight and I do this because I'm an eight. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're giving a little too much to it sometimes in that aspect. And so learning how to grow past a lot of this stuff is really, really beautiful. It is so peaceful on this side of it. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm always I'm always an ear to to process with. So and I know you guys are, too. Obviously, you guys have a lot of engagement on the account, but I don't know. um, I think that's just really, really worth it. It makes life way more peaceful, way more enjoyable. And yeah, like you said before, don't take yourself too seriously. Life, it's better than uh, the pursuits. Like, I don't know. I, I always tell people I'd rather experience good things than own a bunch of stuff. But I feel like we eights tend to be towards entrepreneurial. And at this <laughs> point in my life, I'm like, you know, I get it, but I'd rather be at peace.
0: <laughs> now I'm with you. I'm with you, my friend.
1: The healing journey's is worth it. Don't wall yourself up so hard that you never get there. Cause I promise you life's better on the other side of that wall.
0: Yeah, I will second that. All right. Well, thank you for this.
1: I appreciate you having me back on.
0: See you, bud. Have a
1: good night. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface, and you'll continue to follow along as we take you Inside the Armor.